Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding. And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. Addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Maron? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? Hey, you're listening to Recover Girl. I'm your host, Anna David. It's a podcast about addiction, recovery, creativity, many, many things. Um, If you want to find this podcast, I don't know what your problem is because you're already listening. It's fun. It's fun to call an audience not smart. You're really smart. You found this podcast. It's on iTunes. It's also on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And uh, you can find out more about this person talking if you want to go to AnnaDavid.com. And you can see more about this podcast by going to RecoverGirlPod.com. I've got about 360,000 sites. So I'm going to also tell you that if you are interested in becoming a writer and finding out about my coaching program for writers, where one of 10 students gets a meeting with an agent and a a publisher, go to AnnaDavidCoaching.com and sign up. Now, if you were a regular listener to this podcast, you know that for years now, I have been interviewing people in recovery about their recovery. Now I've started releasing extra special things because I was just releasing those every two weeks and that's a really long time to go, wouldn't you say? So what I'm now doing in last, uh, well, I don't know the order that I'm doing it in, but you've been hearing these before. What I'm doing is I'm taking snippets from my storytelling show. I've got a storytelling show here in Los Angeles where people tell stories about addiction, recovery, boozing, whatnot. And I am, they've been recorded because they were on Facebook Live. That show is called Hammered Time. If you like my Facebook page, which is just Anna David, then you will see them because we put them on Facebook Live when we go live. But anyway, I took the video, made it into audio. Now I've had it all broken up. And so I am releasing these. So what you get is this lovely intro along with one of the stories from that show, one of my storytellers telling one of their stories. The reason I'm doing this is that I have learned about the therapeutic value of storytelling. That's why I now do something called therapeutic performing. And I've been going into treatment centers in different places and um, showing, sorry, I just got a text, got distracted, bright, shiny object, uh, showing the people there how to write essays, perform them. And then we do a killer We don't call it that, but we do a performance. And it's really beautiful to watch these people who are taking their darkest stories and making them into hilarious or at least touching stories. 
Anyway, if you want to know more about that, go to AnnaDavid.com workshops. Now I'm going to introduce the performer in this very episode. She's one of my favorite people on earth. We worked together for three years at the site I started, After Party Magazine. She's now running that site. She hails from Mobile, Alabama, so she's got a little bit of an accent. She's a comedian, a writer, an actress. She has been, um, she tours all over. She's been at a bunch of the comedy festivals, Bridgetown, Women in Comedy, and she wrote for an Emmy-nominated show that has James Franco in it. Her name is Mary Patterson Broom. Her website is Upper Middle Class Angst. And here she is telling a story at a recent Hammer Time. I have to introduce someone else. Um, Next is a super, super, super funny, talented woman, Mary Patterson Broom, and I'm just going to leave it at that. She's talented and special, and you guys are super lucky. Thank you. Woo! Woo! I don't care about how talented and special I am. <laughs> um, I've done this show so many times now that after every show, I'm like, well, I'm out of stories. That's it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, there was that. There was that thing <laughs> that I can now talk about. This one's really embarrassing, so thrilled that it's on Facebook. That shit doesn't give me anxiety or anything. Um, so I, I'm now sober for like a little bit over three years. Thanks. Thank you. I eat a lot of sugar. Um, but I remember when I used to get really drunk, I had these things called mirror moments. I don't know if y'all can relate to this. And in the, in the beginning, my early 20s, they were almost kind of positive. Like the mirror moments I would have, would be, I'd be getting ready to go out at night and feel really fat and unattractive. And then cut to several hours later, I'd be drunk in a dark bar bathroom. Like, I look good tonight. You know, like I had beer goggles for myself <laughs> in those mirror moments. Um, then fast forward to 2013, I was at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival and just getting drunk, drunker and drunker every night. And um, I remember that distinct feeling the last night, which was like the, I had a show and there was a rap party that, that feeling that I think other alcoholics might relate to, where you know you're out of control and you can't stop, but you should, because this is not where you should be getting. Like I had to perform and I just kept slamming back beers. And uh, I ended up like crying in the streets of Portland. Like my phone was dead. I didn't know how I was gonna get home. Like I don't know how far away it was from the actual venue, but thank God this cab pulled over and like happened to know where my hotel was. And I missed my flight the next day. And when I finally got on a flight, I got so sick, I had to like plow through everyone boarding the plane, putting their bags up to go vomit red Gatorade in the Southwest airplane bathroom. And I remember like coming out in the flight attendants, like knew I'd been sick and I lied and said I had food poisoning. But I remember looking in that mirror and being like, something's fucking wrong with you. Like you're 29 and you're vomiting Gatorade on a Southwest flight. Something's wrong. So I had another mirror moment at the San Luis Obispo Comedy Festival in 2011, and I remember it distinctly because I remember what happened afterwards. So comedy festivals are like summer camp for comedians. Like there's a lot of shows happening at the same time. There's also a lot of drinking and drug doing happening at the same time. And uh, this one was no different. I cared much more about drinking than I did performing. And this particular night, I, I did my set, and then I was like hanging out at the bar where the show was and just getting drunker and drunker. And I had that sort of thing that happens to any human being who's single and starts drinking where you're like, I'm hooking up tonight. I'm hooking up tonight. And I remember I had a mirror moment. I remember looking at this bar bathroom and being like, fucking 
hooking up tonight. <laughs> and I'm sure the girls behind me were probably like, good job, fucking weirdo. Good for you. Go do it. And so I march out to the bar, and I start chatting to the first attractive guy I see, and his name's Greg, and he owned his own landscaping business, and he was recently divorced. And we're just, like, chatting, and he seemed very intrigued by the fact that I'm a comedian in town for this festival. He hadn't been at the show. And, you know, we're talking and laughing, and, you know, I was really drunk, so I don't know how much time went by, but we eventually pulled the whole, hey, want to get out of here? You know, you know the want to get out of here. We all know want to get out of here. And so we go out, and I don't remember how I got in there that night, but I, I definitely hadn't driven. Uh, so we get into his pickup truck, and, you know, at the time... He had said he lived 45 minutes away. And so I was drunk, but I was like not so drunk that I'm gonna go out 45 minutes outside the town with a stranger. Like I had that much, like I was coherent enough to know that would have been a bad idea, but I didn't think he was that drunk. And so I was like, okay, we'll go back to my hotel. But the issue with that was this festival, their deal was if you, you know, got one of their hotel rooms, you had to share it with another comic. And that was kind of the deal. And I was sharing a room with this girl, Jen, who I'd known for forever. And so we were good enough friends to where we could, like, share a king-size bed, but not good enough friends to where it's like, hey, bring a guy back here and bone him. I don't mind. Like that, you know? <laughs> that was the difference. And But a drunk me is like, whatever, I'll figure it out when we get there. And so I, I get in this guy's pickup truck, and the hotel's not that far. It's a small town from this bar where we were. And we pull into the parking lot, and I'm about to go upstairs to see if Jen is in the hotel room. I'm, I'm hoping that she's still drinking wherever she had a show that night. But before I can get out of the car, Greg starts kissing me, and we start like making out, and I'm like in the passenger seat, and he's in the driver's seat, and then all of a sudden, he pulls away, sits up, and pukes on himself. <laughs> like, vomit. And I was like, oh my God. I, I was like, you're drunk enough to where you drove me that drunk? I was like, you're like brink of vomiting drunk, and you drove me? And it was like, I sobered up immediately, and he became, like, incoherent. And he stepped out of the car, and he, like, vomited more in the parking lot. And I got out of the car, and I'm standing there, and I was like, well, you can't drive home. You can't drive 45 minutes like this. I turned into this, like, sober Sally, like, not on my watch, stranger, I just met an hour ago, you know? Like, I'm going to take care of this guy. And he was completely out of it. So I, like, helped him get up the stairs to my hotel room. And it was, like, a suite-type hotel in that you walked in, and it was, like, a living area with a sofa. But then there was a divider with a bed, there wasn't like a separate bedroom where you shut the door, and I was like being really quiet and telling him to be quiet because I was concerned Jen was gonna be there, and we walked in and it was dark, and I was like, shit, she's probably here and already asleep. So I like lead him over to the sofa and like push him down and get like a shitty coverlet, you know, from the hotel bed to put on him, and he pulled me down and tried to kiss me again. I was like, that ship has sailed, you vomited. Like that's not happening again, Greg. And so he goes to sleep, and then I, like, you know, slip into bed with Jen, hoping that, like, she didn't hear or know any of this went down. And then, like, 5.30, I woke up, and I'm like, fuck, there's a strange dude in the bed. I got to get him out of here before Jen wakes up. And so I go in, and I'm like, Greg, you got to go. And I'm like, get out of here. And he, like, you know, was incoherent and, like, sort of, like, went out the door, and he was gone. I got back in bed with her, and I was like, oh, good, she has no idea. And so later that morning, we're both awake, and she's like, who the fuck was that guy on the sofa? And I was like, oh, you knew about that? You, you knew that? And she had woken up between my going to sleep and my waking up at 5.30, gone in there, thought it was some male comic we both knew, said she physically, like, poked at him and was like, this is a total stranger. So I told her the whole story. I was like, yeah, well, we were going to hook up, and then he puked on himself in his car, and I didn't want him to drive home. And she decided to tell every single comic she came across at the festival about what happened. So everyone then knew that I made out with a guy who then vomited on himself. So that was a fun reputation to have 
that weekend. We went hiking with a bunch of people that day, and she was like, tell them about the guy, Mary Patterson. I'm like, thank you. That's uh, really comforting. But now people know that kissing me makes you vomit. That's very comforting. So I got an email from him that day, later that day, and I looked it up when I was thinking about this story, and I found it, and saw, I just want to read it to you all. Hello, Mary Patterson. Thanks for being a human being last night and showing me compassion. You shouldn't have had to put up with me. You deserve better. You're probably performing right now, so best of luck and knock them dead tonight. I would love to see you again sometime. <laughs> LA is not that far away, sincerely, Greg. And I ignored it, and he emailed me a few more times wanting to get together, and I was like, I'm sorry. In my mind, once you kiss and vomit, the romance is dead. Thank you so much. I'm Mary Patterson. Bruce.